Hey friends, this is Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous, and I'm your host, Julia. And on today's show, we're talking about Loki. And guess what? Shy's back. <laughs> we love Shy. This episode is brought to you by Hughes by Jewels. Hughes by Jewels offers custom artwork and original prints specializing in watercolor, focusing on the human form and different shades of skin. If you're looking for that perfect gift for a birthday or have a special memory you'd like to commemorate, visit Hughes by Jewels on Instagram or find the Etsy shop of the same name. That's Hughes, H-U-E-S by Jewels, J-U-E-S. L-S. After picking up the Tesseract in Avengers Endgame, Loki finds himself before the Time Variance Authority, also known as the TVA. This show was released on Disney Plus on June 9th, 2021. Other names of note in the show, Owen Wilson, Gugu Mbatha, Ra. In a June 8th review of the show, Nick Allen for RogerEbert.com says, in a different timeline, Loki would have made for an excellent Christopher Nolan movie, but in the timeline that you and I share, it's an exciting and genuinely inspired addition to the Marvel storytelling. One that spins off and rockets its complicated villain into original territory with the help of time travel. And then Shirley Lee again with the Atlantic writes, by placing a fan favorite character in an unfamiliar world populated with unrecognizable characters and then promptly introducing him to an existential crisis, Loki challenges Marvel's tried and true formula of lighthearted action plus airtight continuity. All right, Shai. <laughs> we got to recap the show first for people who haven't seen it yet because- okay you know, first of all, why not? And secondly, they're spoilers. So you've been yeah. warned after stealing the Tesseract during Avengers Endgame, an alternate version of Loki is brought to the mysterious time variance authority, a bureaucratic organization that exists outside of time and space and monitors the timeline. They give Loki a choice face being erased from existence for being a time variant or help fix the timeline and stop a greater threat. So I honestly, I really couldn't find a bad review of Loki anywhere. And like, I probably spent a solid day digging online, trying to find something that wasn't positive. I failed. And, and I didn't want to get too dark into it. You know what I mean? Cause like sometimes you get, I just, there's after the 10th tab on Google, I'm not really going to go any further than that. So overall the show is received with open arms. Hmm. So our friend, for our friends listening Let's kind of expand a little bit more on Loki. He was captured by the TVA, as we mentioned, and is deemed a variant. So he's not the original. He's like a deviation of the timeline that helps people understand who haven't seen it. Over the course of the show, we learn that the TVA is a little more dubious than just the sacred keepers of the timeline. They hire agents who are tasked with hunting down variants to stop them from deviating the timeline even more. It's very dystopian. So first impressions of the show, let's get into it. We kind of touched a little bit in Black Widow, but let's really get into it now. I feel like this was a really interesting official kickoff to the next phase of Marvel. Um, it definitely hinted at it in WandaVision, mm -hmm. but this, like the first five minutes we talked about multiverses, timelines, time variances nexus events like we we got all of that in like the first 15 minutes of this the first episode so yeah. i definitely think like it, it's like oh, buckle your seatbelts we're in for a wild ride like you knew going into it like this is gonna be some crazy ass shit and surely enough by the end of it you're like what the fuck this where are we going with this like what is happening next at no. the end of every episode, the credits would come on and I would be like, the fuck? <laughs> and my son would just be like, mom, it's fine. We'll yeah. get answers next week. I'm like, I need answers now. Mm -hmm. They just did that to us for an hour and left it. No, I need more. <laughs> it was like WandaVision all over again with the, uh, what was the sign on the WandaVision shows at the end of it? Oh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yes. Yeah. And you're like, no, but at least we got like almost a full hour, almost every episode of Loki yeah. this time. So a little bit more. Yeah. And, um, we talked about this a little bit in black widow recording about how, you know, 
this felt Marvel's big on their TV shows feeling cinematic and this felt the most cinematic out of all of them mm-hmm. in the way that it was shot, the costumes, um, just all of it. It was so detailed in ways that I was just like, I, it was very impressive to me how detailed they would get in a lot of the scenes, especially mm-hmm. when they had to like incorporate CGI and stuff in assembled. I know you said you hadn't watched it yet, but in assembled, they would do that slide where it was like, here's what it looks like to you as a viewer of the final product. And then they'd sort of slide it back to show like, Oh, this is where oh, the cool. screen starts. Uh-huh. And it, and I, I don't know, maybe I'm just used to CGI stuff, but I was like, Oh yeah, it makes sense. It's CGI. <laughs> <laughs> was it more CGI than you thought or less? It was more than I thought. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's but, good. Cause you can't really tell like mm-hmm. not uncanny Valley type CGI. Right. They were really thoughtful and detailed about the show. Like I got the sense from what, you know, from watching it, you're like, this is somebody's baby clearly. But then when you watch assembled, it was like, you hear how dedicated every person was in their task. And it Mm -hmm. really shows in the final product. And that makes such a huge difference, but Marvel's really great at cultivating and curating um, a good end product. It was the same director for all the episodes, wasn't it? Uh, yes, I believe so. So yeah, and that, I feel like when they do something like that, that you really do feel that cohesiveness of like the full storyline mm-hmm. when the same director sticks with it. Like I do appreciate when other people, like I know that, was it like Mandalorian that there's been a bunch of different directors and you can appreciate different viewpoints, but when there's like a big storyline like this, I do like the one person carrying it basically through the whole thing and it is a really big storyline because it's not as simple i i don't think that loki could have been tasked with by four different directors because of how secretive marvel can be Mm -hmm. i think that they needed to have the same person at the helm every single episode in order to get that message and to tell that story properly so let's talk about we kind of talked a little bit about the structure already and you know plots and stuff but there's only six episodes and they're all really close to an hour in length Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna be honest some of like the subtle techniques that existed that like by the end of the episode I was just like I need more. Like, I feel like you didn't give me enough because some show, some of the episodes ended with huge cliffhangers. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I mentioned, I'd lose my shit, but I kind of want to talk about the cast and the characters, Tom Hiddleston, as we mentioned, very sexy. <laughs> yes, he really is. He, and, and like I said, I wasn't necessarily a big Tom Hiddleston person until he got his own series and you could see him in a different light. Which does that make me a fair weather fan? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's like you never thought. What's his name? Adam Scott. Oh yeah, he's until Fleabag, mm-hmm. and then you're like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you play Mario Hardy, a sociopath. It's crazy. Um, and so then you have like Tom. It's so Tom Hiddleston. You know, is Loki as we all know, mm-hmm. and he's. In this particular iteration in the MCU, I think that I I really liked seeing him play this Loki, Mm -hmm. but then Owen Wilson is in it and he plays Mobius and Mm I, uh, we'll talk about him in a second. And then the TVA agent, but she was called something specific. Um, Her name was, you know, they called her Renslayer. Yeah, but she was like a high ranking person. Mm -hmm. Like she has a very specific type of judge. Yeah. Thank you, judge. Gugu Mbatha Ra, who, by the way, mixed girl representation because she's, yes. she's, she's, she's mixed. So good job, Disney. I always uh, enjoy her. Yeah. She, so that's Mobius's boss. She plays mm-hmm. Mobius's boss. And so clearly she's like clearly top management. And then you have so- Sophie DiMartino who plays Sylvie, who is a variant, a Loki variant. Sorry. Whoopsie. <laughs> we already warned it's you. It's supposed to be a surprise. It's too late. We warned you earlier. There's going to be spoilers. And then I'm, I'm, I've, I listened to how to say this actress's name, actor's name multiple times. And I'm just like, I'm still going to fuck it up. So I apologize. Wunmi Musaku. She plays the Hunter B-15. She's great in that. She was great in the Lovecraft country too. 
So Lovecraft Crunchy is in my queue. I still haven't watched it yet because I feel like I have to emotionally prepare to see it. It's also got, can I say it? Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Majors, who plays, he who is at the end of the world or whatever his name was in this, aka King the Conqueror. I love him. Oh my God, I, he was so good. Okay, let, let, let's let's go back and talk about Loki first. Yes, okay, we'll so let's start with Loki of... and we'll go through everybody else. Yes. But also just Richard E. Grant, for anybody who's a Richard E. Grant fan, like that was very exciting for me to see him show up. So exciting. I adore him. He's such He's a powerhouse. So He's so great. He really is. So the cast is stacked. And I know I say yes. that a lot on the show about the shows that we come on here to review, but like this one literally is like, flawless Mm -hmm. in terms of like these people are big powerhouses so dive in tell me tell me all the things so tom hiddleston so at first when walking into the show i was like oh man we had such great character development for loki within thor 2 and thor 3 and in uh, infinity war like oh we're gonna lose all of that and to a point we kind of did but it was nice to be able to see Loki watch the true timeline Mm -hmm. and see the character development. Cause I feel like it, you got a lot of character development within like the 15 minutes and watching his eyes, watching himself, like it was, it was such a great performance from him. Like the emotion in his eyes Mm -hmm. was just heart-wrenching, especially Mm -hmm. the part where his neck got snapped and you realize how much he came to love Thor and how, um, the kind of life that he could have led had he not, you know, variated from the timeline um, was kind of amazing. And uh, so I was, I was sad to lose that character development, but I think they did a great job of explaining to, to Loki what he was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And that helped out a lot. So I thought Owen Wilson was surprising. Yeah, I never take him seriously, but he he was really good in this. He was really good. I mean, he was Owen Wilson in it, but Mm -hmm. he did such a great job because he didn't bring, he brought the right amount of comedy to it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like one of his raunchy movies. And he has, he's done like non-raunchy stuff too, but like Wedding Crashers is always what is on TV. Like I swear they read, they show it on cable like every fucking weekend. So like that's, the Owen Wilson that's constantly running through my mind is wedding mm-hmm. crushers. So to see him play Mobius and he is clearly a badass in his field. He knows what he's doing, but he's also a little bit of a rebel because mm-hmm. he takes chances and risks that they don't really want him to take. Um, I found him to be a really good fit for this character and then playing the character in a way that makes you very empathetic in unsuspecting ways mm-hmm. or unexpected ways. And he didn't say wow once. <laughs> Everyone was waiting for the wow to drop. And I'm like, you know, I, I don't know if they're going to give it to us. They they held out on a lot of stuff. They didn't give him a freaking jet ski, which hopefully <laughs> makes his appearance in season two. And he didn't say wow. Yeah. So. And assembled, I thought it was really interesting because he, because, you know, Tom Hiddleston's done Shakespeare and mm-hmm. his very extensive resume beyond the screen. That's really impressive as an actor. And so they were having this little conversation and I actually really liked the way they did assembled for Loki because it's Tom Hiddleston sort of telling the story and the evolution of the show coming to light. And I really, really liked the way they did that. I need to watch it. But he makes a reference about like, you know, oh, have you ever done Shakespeare? And Owen Wilson's like, I literally have never had a co-star who would assume that I've ever had the opportunity to be in Shakespeare. That's adorable. Right? And so then he says, I'm sorry, I'm giving something away. I apologize. I'm only apologizing to Shai because she hasn't seen it yet. The rest of you listeners, I'm not worried about. You should go watch all these things already before you listen to the show. Um. He asks him what Shakespeare play would you do if you would if you would if you had the opportunity and he says um two gentlemen of Verona and I was like Owen oh, Wilson I think I like you <laughs> I mean I like him but you know do you think the cast was appropriately cast I I mean obviously I already said I I think it was but yes I do I don't think there was any weaknesses anywhere. I think they solidly did a stellar job. Even down to the, sorry, again, all the spoilers down to all the Loki variants that you see towards the end of the series. Like 
it was just so, and they all had their own individualistic individualism, Mm -hmm. but you could still tell it was a Loki. Yeah. Let's talk representation. Okay. I already gave a shout out to my mixed girl, Goo Goo. <laughs> hey, girl. Hey, we love also, you. Also, uh, the officer, the one whose mind gets swept. She's mixed race too. Is she? I'm pretty sure. I've seen her in a lot of stuff. I can't remember her name right now. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. I've seen her in a ton of stuff. And I'm pretty sure she's like mixed race. Oh, I love that. So you get two. Thank you, Disney. Oh, hair flip. <laughs> okay, but also the internet kind of lost its shit when Loki, like, subtly, not so subtly, confirmed his bisexuality. And mm. when, so when Loki and Sylvie are getting to know each other better, Loki makes this statement. It almost feels like a one off comment, but it's not. And so, there, so I'm going to set up the scene for the listeners. This scene, it's in episode three. Sylvie and Loki are on a train. They're trying to, whatever solve whatever problem they have and then begin sharing stories because they're getting to know each other better right and because we don't know that who sylvie is until we get to this point and so the topic you know the natural topics of getting to know you come up and then the conversation of course which is to love because that's what we do as humans when we're trying to get to know each other like oh if you're in love and blah blah and all these things so after I think it's after she says, you know, she talks about how she's like dating a mailman back home and it's long distance, all these things. I wasn't sure if that was like real or she was joking, but she asks him, how about you? Your prince must've been would be princesses or perhaps another prince. And then Loki replies a bit of both. I suspect the same as you, but nothing ever. And then dot, dot, dot. And Mm -hmm. she says, real love is mischief now. And he says, love is um, something I'm going to have to have another drink to talk about. And so like, I'm not even kidding within like hours of them releasing this episode, the, like the, I had to like get off the internet because I was like, I can't have any spoilers. I need to figure out, I need to see how this unfolds itself. But Loki's bisexuality, I understand it's already part of the comics. Like that's something that we already knew based on the comics is what I'm gleaning from my research on the internet. Mm-hmm. But like the MCU, as we know it through Disney, hasn't really told us that on screen until now. So the director, Kate Heron, in an Entertainment Tonight interview said this, because Marvel is secretive about their other projects. For me, I was like, I'm telling Loki's story. It's part of who they are. And I just want to acknowledge it. It's canon in the comics. And if we can make it canon in the films, that would be amazing. When I came on board, I was like, if there's a way to do this, it would mean a lot to me. And I'm sure a lot of people, but it was very welcomed. And I think we're all very proud of how we did that. So she goes on to acknowledge later that there really isn't any deeper exploration in the series about his sexuality, but hopes that this opens the door for deeper exploration. I have to admit the first time I watched it, I did miss that line really quickly where he was like, maybe a little bit of both. I had to go back after like, after watching it and then getting on the internet and seeing the internet talk about it, it's like, okay, I'm going to go back and rewatch that episode. Cause I clearly missed something, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, but after I watched it, it was like, the scene is so incredibly powerful. And so I feel like they made a really good move in the right direction for bringing, you know, making this canon in the films, but then also like he's, he dies in infinity war. So like, how are they going to continue to explore? Oh, I guess season two, season two. And he's part of the TVA. You never know if he's going to pop up in a movie. Who knows? Dr. Strange. I would love it if he popped up in Dr. Strange. <laughs> I now I'm thinking about, okay. Anyway. So, but I love, like, I love how he is just so like casual and confident about it. And there's mm-hmm. no like fear behind this acknowledgement, or at least that was my takeaway. I don't know. You know how- I feel like as guardians are a little bit above us on earth as far as their sexuality. So yeah, it's, it's not a big deal there, perhaps, hopefully. Right. <laughs> and I also kind of love how he and Sylvie sort of developed this sort of like. Some people are really weirded out about it. It's like they were comparing it to siblings, but I don't consider it part of siblings. Like they were 
totally different people. Like, yeah, they were. Totally- I mean, they're they're both Loki, but they're completely different people. And I just, I kind of equated it as confirming he's a narcissist. <laughs> that's true. If he's gonna fall in love with anybody, it's gonna be another Loki. That made a lot of sense to me. That's literally what I said to my son. I said, of course he's gonna fall in love with a version of himself. Like, why wouldn't he? He's in love with himself. That yeah. makes perfect sense. But we had had a conversation. I can't remember at which point, which Marvel conversation it took place during, but you know, just kind of bringing more representation for LGBTQ, and you oh. had e- expressed the the wish for the next generation. And I feel like Loki. I feel like they did that by opening the door with Loki. Mm-hmm. And some character is going to kick that door down hopefully soon. Hopefully sooner than later, because yeah. I need Disney not to shy. Away. I mean, they don't shy away from stuff as much, but they, you know. I feel like sexuality is one thing that they do shy away from maybe a bit yes. more than anything else. Yes, exactly. Because I was very proud of them for handling Falcon Winter Soldier the way that they did. The subtle line that we get, I'm always going to think, could we have done we, because I was part of the development <laughs> team. No, I wasn't. Could there have been more, you know, it sounds like the director feels like she is, and she should be proud of the way that they handled it. I think they did a good job. With that said, it's 2021. Should there have been a little bit more development or a little bit more of a push to be more about it? But I don't know if Disney's ready for that. Hopefully soon we'll see something. At the end of episode six. Yes. We were... Did you want want to talk about any more of the characters? Did you have any other characters Um, before I move us on? uh, I, I would like to talk a little bit about... Richard E. Grant's Loki variant oh, a little bit, but yes, he was so good. Okay, well, first of all, it's Richard E. Grant. He's gonna be good in anything <laughs> he does. He's amazing. But just the the heartache that you felt for him, because because like Loki already is what fifteen hundred years old. Yeah. So for his version of Loki to be so old, it makes you really wonder how long he was on that planet all by himself. And then one was like, I want to see my brother. And then he got swooped up, which is awful. And just his last glorious purpose moment at the very end, making an entire image of Asgard from memory mm-hmm. to distract Elioth, which was like an amazing move. I watched it, that scene like a couple of times and every time it made me cry. It was great. It, and it was so beautifully done. I mm-hmm. mean, just the detail that they got into, like as he's, you know, using his magic to build this, you know, replica. I was just like, holy shit. That's like so much detail. So for people listening and haven't seen it, you know, the time huntsman with a variant, they do this thing called pruning, which at first you're like, what the shit is pruning? Cause you don't see it right away. And what pruning is, is they have this device that they turn on and they touch you with it and you disintegrate. And that's all you think that they've disintegrated and that they're like the shit. Oh my God, they're dead. Like, at least that's how I felt. Mm-hmm. And then you find out, is it episode five? We find out that it, they actually go somewhere else when they get pruned. Uh, at the end of episode four, you find out because yeah, because yeah. Loki gets pruned and you're like, oh my God, the show's over. And then they show him and then just the void. Yes. And then, you know, this big cloud that takes formation of beast-like creatures, gobbles and swallows things up. It has a name. Um, and so then it becomes this mission of, cause Sylvie's mission is to take down the timekeepers or the, mm-hmm. yeah, the timekeepers. And so she, re- they realize that the timekeepers are on the other side of this massive, it's a cloud, right? Well, Elias is like a monster. Yeah. But it's like, it's, it's like a matter. Like, yeah. It's like a monster cloud situation. Yeah. Yeah. Very creepy, very scary, and absolutely Mm -hmm. 100% would be running the other way. (laughs) Um, And Sylvie's power is enchantment, which that's a big thing throughout the entire um, first season. So we can say first season because it is coming back for a second season. And I really like that they gave her that ability to enchant people. I thought that was a really good difference between the two Loki type Mm -hmm. characters because Loki is kind of magical there is a 
comic character named the Enchantress, which mm-hmm. I believe that they kind of like melded the two characters together for this one. Oh um, yeah, I think that's I they confirmed that and assembled. Oh man, I need to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Shy, do you need me to come over and babysit so you can watch it? You want to work for me for like an hour so I can sit and watch it? Oh, I don't know. I I don't know how to do your job, so I can't help you there. Um, Did they confirm and assembled the reason why Sylvie was considered a variant? No. So you know why then, right? Tell me. It's because she was was happy. (gasps) Because she was a happy Loki and she was well-adjusted and she knew she was adopted and was like, okay with it. Because Loki has to be this tortured soul in order to be a Loki. The fact that she was well-adjusted and happy being who she was, was the reason why she was pruned or taken that, away. That makes me so upset. Isn't it ter- like awful? Why? Why can't you just let women be happy, Marvel? God damn it. That makes me so girl. upset. Yeah, I know. When I realized that, I was like, what? That sucked. Yeah, I, that, was, that was the reason she got taken back because she was a happy loki and you can't have a happy loki they have to be all tortured why do they still have to slight women you know what i mean Mm. like they've done so much progress for the plight of the female narrative and here they are just like let's take a little girl who's happy and prune her (laughs) i mean it kind of makes you understand why she took the action she did at the end yes even though you knew what it was going to i mean we know the future movies that are coming out so we knew the way that it was going to go mm-hmm. with the multiverse being released so but maybe if she had been allowed to be a happy person she wouldn't have had to do that right you know what i thought was really fascinating mobius is convinced that they've all been created from nothing to do this job mm-hmm. and then you find out they're all just variants mm-hmm. duh like, why didn't I put that together? That makes perfect sense because yeah. you need a force. You need an army. You're not going to create that shit out of thin air. You're going to take the already existing, wipe their minds and train them to be your soldiers. Duh. It's very dystopian. Mm-hmm. I had to work the day the last episode came out. So I had to stay off the internet, which is really hard to do because mm-hmm. my job. And so when I like ordered takeaway and I was like, child, we are watching this. I don't care what you're in the middle of playing. We have to watch this. I need to get back on the internet. <laughs> and so, you know, they're like, don't worry. The way it ends, the way it ends. And they're like, don't worry. It's back for season two. And I'm just <laughs> like, how long is season two going to be? I know. <laughs> you left us with so many questions. So what do you think? Let's speculate about season two. What do you want to see in season two? Let's start there. I would like for them to go back to the void and do more with Kid Loki and Alligator Loki because I just thought they were cool. I, <laughs> I thought they were they fun. Yeah. Um, uh, well, obviously, Loki is in the wrong TVA. Mm-hmm. So we need to figure out how to get him to the right TVA. Um, I, I feel like I can't even guess what's going to happen in the next season. Obviously, Ravona is like on her own mission to figure out like what's going on. And in the comics, Ravona and Kang have like a romance rivalry type situation. Okay. So we know we're going to see more of her. I just, with everything else that's going on with the multiverse and all the other movies that are coming out, like by the time Loki 2 comes out, I have no idea like I feel like they did an excellent job within even just the first episode of showing like oh you know how crazy and big all of the things that happened in Infinity War and Endgame were were? well that was like pittance compared to what (laughs) is happening oh he's got like okay also I really wish that they had Eugene Cordero in the movie or in the show a lot more because I love him he's really really funny and the fact that he was like, oh, yeah, all these infinity gems. I've got like eight of them in my desk drawer. They mean nothing. They mean nothing now. And yeah. nothing matters. Yeah. Everything that happened before is going to be turned on its head. And so like I I have I have no fucking idea what where we're going with this, what's going to be happening. So I'm excited yeah. to see. I just like I feel like trying to figure out the future at is, this point. Yeah like literally anything can happen yeah I love that they had so the time 
what, whatever the little clock thing was called. I forget. Like Miss Minutes. Miss Minutes. Thank you. Oh gosh, it was I terrifying. Lo- yes. Hey, I love y'all. Yes. And she's so friendly and chipper, but she's going to fucking cut you. Don't turn your oh, yeah. back on her. And I love that she, that they had an actress that had like a Southern. Troll. Yes. Let's okay. go with that one. And then I love how very mid-century modern everything felt at the TVA. Mm-hmm. It Because it there's just in the 60s, so many of these sort of like spy types of dystopian things came out. And I felt like those sets were very reminiscent of that like era and genre. And, and I just love mid-century modern anything. I mean, it was very brown mid-century modern. <laughs> um, but I think that was the point was to be that brown and orange and, you know, very, like kind bureaucratic of- red tape. Mm-hmm place that you don't really want to hang out at yep it really felt like if so yes it's comics like you know comic whatever but it really felt like this could have been you know some sort of George Orwell just or some sort of other literary dystopian thing because just how much control the TVA has or, and tries to keep on the timeline to keep things quote in order. And, you know, at the end when they show up and they finally find the guy behind the curtain, very Wizard of Oz-esque. And I, for those of you listening, I used air quotes for the guy behind the curtain. Um, I'm very curious about what, cause he was very cautionary. Like mm-hmm. I'm not even bad. Like his whole mojo was like, I'm not even bad compared to what's what you could potentially unleash. Like if you get rid of me, you're unleashing this whole thing and you have no idea how bad it's going to get. Like I'm protecting you from this. So that makes me nervous (laughs) because I'm not really into like government controlling shit, (laughs) especially our free will. Mm -hmm. What? Cause he kind of allude, he didn't allude. He very clearly said that other versions of him still exist. Oh yeah. And he's keeping them at bay. So I'm like, are we going to get all of the versions of him or are we just going to get like the worst one? Like, are you going to dole them out slowly? Like, well, it's already been confirmed that Jonathan Majors is going to be an Ant-Man, the next Ant-Man Quantumania movie as I don't know if it's been confirmed as King the Conqueror, but that's what the speculation has been that he's going to be King the Conqueror. So that when he showed up at the end of Loki, myself, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, we're already getting King. Like I didn't think, like people had thought that he was going to be in it, but as we learned from the WandaVision (laughs) speculation with the Mephisto thing, I was like, whatever if he shows up he shows up if he doesn't he doesn't and then when he did but then you realize it's not king the conqueror it's he who remains mm-hmm. who's like a variant of king the conqueror and he even says like i have come by na- many names conqueror and everyone's like ah, i know what yeah. you're talking about i, I feel like he kind of gave him the opportunity to show up in a lot of different ways as a lot of different variants mm-hmm. jonathan majors i feel like is one of those people that could definitely pull off the, the multifaceted personalities of the different variants so Mm-hmm. I am excited to see what's gonna happen. He's so talented. At first, I was like, I don't know how I feel about you getting into this character, but then when he started sort of mo- monologuing and stuff, I was like, oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. We got this. You got it. Okay, good, good, good. I'm terrified now. Thanks. Yeah. Do you think we'll get any cameos in season two? Like, I was surprised we didn't get really you like even in the scene where he like grabs the test 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 oh, jesus tesseract thank you you're welcome i can only i can only say it if i'm reading it out loud uh-huh. um because even in that scene we don't really see anybody or anything mm-hmm. we just sort of like so we got a lady sif tr- cameo which i thought was great mm-hmm. um and then we did kind of get a crims chris hemsworth cameo with the throg oh that's right he was yeah i forgot about like that. i mean that wasn't really uh it would be dope to see a cameo from anybody honestly but like i said like i don't i don't know where the hell we're gonna be in season two yeah so i guess wait to find out i guess i don't know yeah listen i'm not really a fan of that whole wait and find out shit either because <laughs> they were releasing stuff so 
not quickly. I feel like it was every year we got a Marvel film of some kind. We got, I get usually like two Marvel films a year. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess like usually, but, and we've had, we've been spoiled lately after having like the nothing for the past year Mm -hmm. with, I mean, we're in the middle of July and we've already had WandaVision and Winter Soldier, Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki and Black Widow and anything else it shang chai is coming out in september shang chi's about to come out and the eternals are about to come out mm-hmm. like we have a lot of stuff that's like 2021 is going to be lit from and there's a, yeah and there's like three or four movies coming out next year too i think mm-hmm. and we still have the hawkeye show and what if coming out for the tv shows this year still too that's true too i am so excited for wakanda forever <laughs> i don't I don't know how they're going to do it and I don't want to know and it makes me sad just to think about it. I'm sorry I brought it up but I saw like it in the listing in that trailer they released not too long ago and I was like okay I'm excited because I feel like firstly now that we no longer have Chadwick Boseman may he rest in peace and we love you and miss you every day. I wish now in hindsight we had more Black Panther because he's you know we he we meet him in winter soldier he you know there's the black panther movie and then he also is obviously like all of them is an end game and infinity war but i feel like now that there's only been one solid black panther movie and lots of cameos of him mm-hmm. it it would have been nice to have had a little bit more of him before the second one came out but i don't there know how is gonna be he's gonna be in a what if Oh, he is? Mm-hmm. It was like the last thing he recorded as as Black Panther. Okay. But I mean, he's... The what if, I think, is what if Black Panther was Star-Lord. Got it. So we'll see him in that. Okay. Oh, and I think there's a Guardians... The Guardians holiday special is going to be coming out this year, too. Fun! I think, I think it's going to be this Christmas. Guardians of the Galaxy has the best soundtrack. It really is so good doesn't kurt russell play his dad in the second one mm-hmm. that's what i thought they really do like the russells don't they they do well kurt russell's been a big disney person his whole life so. oh that's true especially do you uh do you know that my father-in-law was in a disney movie with kurt russell stop really yeah mm-hmm. follow me boys <gasps> have we had this conversation I don't know. So. You told me about the Sharon Tate movie. Oh was yeah. It, with, with Nathan's grandpa. His grandfather. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, I think yeah, that's why it was. Yeah. My father-in-law was in Follow Me Boys with Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. That's kind of, that's fun. I yeah. love that. I love that. Well, we can't speculate on season two. Cause we cannot you know, like literally there's like no possible way to yeah. other than like maybe we'll see more TVAs, more mm-hmm. maybe we'll creepy Miss Minutes is gonna figure pop out, up somewhere. Yeah, I was gonna say like maybe we'll get a little bit more of Miss Minutes and figure out what her whole story is. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she knew way more than she let on because she was with <gasps> He Who Remains. Mm-hmm. So yeah, every time Renslayer was like, "I need everything," blah blah blah, or whatever it was, how she'd say it, it's just like everything. <laughs> you know like this is everything and you just knew it wasn't because of the way she said it yeah oh man Tara Strong's I, really great with the voice acting mm-hmm. I do love again another female lead Sylvie who is dressed for battle and not to be sexualized so I can you know appreciate Disney for that mm-hmm. we need more of that we did have a question though if the TVA removes all glamour then how come you didn't see Loki as a frost giant? Why didn't you see him as a frost giant? That's a really good question. <laughs> uh, maybe I just was thinking too much about it, but it's. But then you wouldn't get Tom Hiddleston's face on your screen. Uh huh. Who doesn't want that? He's just so stinking cute. He re- he's very. I I I feel like he's kind of in the same category as Benedict Cumberbatch. You either. Mm-hmm find him incredibly sexy or you're like nah he doesn't do it for me but he he does it for me (laughs) 
I love Benedict Cumberbatch and I have a friend, we call him Benny Batch. That's how we refer to him as Benny Batch. But I guess his fan base is called Cumberbitches. Don't, I think he heard that and he hates it. He does because he was on the Graham Norton show and Graham Norton was like, what is this I hear? And they had a conversation about it and he was like, I'm not a fan of it. I'm not yeah. saying the name. He's and a so gentleman. Graham says he really is. When he got married, it, they just literally, why do I know this shit? They just did a simple announcement in the newspaper, like how you would, how marriage announcements have been mm-hmm. for, you know, centuries. It was just very basic, simple. And I was like, I love how down to earth he is. Makes me happy. But also he played Sherlock Holmes and I love anything that has Arthur, Arthur Conan Doyle's sort of stamp on. So mm-hmm probably why I love Robert Downey Jr. because he also plays Sherlock Holmes and even though I you know he's kind of a interesting guy um Henry Cavill did you watch Enola Holmes yeah oh I'm excited for season two yeah I know I heard that they were gonna make a sequel and I'm very Mm -hmm. stoked for that because I just love Henry Cavill once Henry Cavill becomes a part of the MCU because it's Mm -hmm. going to happen at some point I know it I know it in my heart then then I'll undoubtedly have like the my favorite character yeah he's beautiful I've been a fan of his since the Count of Monte Cristo (gasps) do you remember that movie yeah like I sat up I was in the theaters watching that movie and he came on screen and I sat up and I went who is that and that was before like the muscles and any of that yeah. stuff like he was just like baby faced and I've loved him since then so Henry Cavill if you're seeing that I mean I'm happily married <laughs> but I'm just saying I loved you even way back then yeah I love his nose I think his nose is just adorable <laughs> just his nose no I mean his whole face <laughs> but you know his nose has a lot of character and I love that you know it's just got a little and he's got a nice, that solid, you know, cut cheese with that jaw. I'm happy about it. <laughs> One thing I do like about all of these Marvel shows so far is that there's never been like a clear cut villain. Yes. You know what I mean? Like all of the the good guys and bad guys have been very nuanced and like have had both sides. Like the only person I want to say that's been like a out and out bad guy has been like Hayworth in mm-hmm. WandaVision because mm-hmm. you're like why yeah so but I do appreciate that and I think it's a testament too to how complicated humanity really is you mm. know it's not cut and dry for so long we were given stories about you know it's very clear good bad you know good versus evil and it's not it's not always that simple and then there was that period of like the anti-hero movie so then it's like the bad guy is the hero so but the way that they were going about it was sort of glamorizing being a bad guy if Mm -hmm. i'm saying this if i'm trying to if i'm conveying this the right way and i think within the last 10 years that sort of nuance of humanity and the all sides like we all have the capability of doing misguided things I think that element of storytelling is getting better are you surprised with how it ended or I mean if you didn't know that there was going to be multiverses released I knew there was going to be multiverses released and I was still surprised with the way it ended but I also have the attention span of a goldfish so (laughs) I thought the twist of having not just the twist, but like him ending up in the wrong TVA mm-hmm. and having Mobius not know who he was, it, that, that hurt my heart. <laughs> yeah. I, that, I was like, no, they're like BFFs. And all of a sudden he doesn't even know who he is. Yeah. That I would agree with you on that because I, when that happened, I was like, the fuck? And then, you know, it was, oh, slow on the uptick over here um because you go you grow to love their relationship so much mm-hmm. and he's Olivia's is such an advocate for that particular loki variant through the entire show to the point where they even he's when because mobius gets pruned sorry guys pruned it for you um so when they're all in the oh my god my brain is broken you know, when they get pruned and they're all in the, in the void, Uh in the void, when they're all in the void, 
he even saves them then you know he's like the man to the rescue and he's such an unlikely hero because it's Owen Wilson (laughs) Owen Wilson there was a little bit of a like a like I I don't maybe it's just Marvel glasses but there was a point where I was like Owen Wilson have you been kind of sexy all this time and I'm just now seeing it I I don't think so but he's just not my type I think maybe it's just because you know we've not had human contact for so long not that I want human contact all the time but now it's like you know you start seeing things differently we're just Mm -hmm. like I was telling somebody earlier today when the world shut down, I was like, been preparing for this for my entire life. Like <laughs> I am so happy to have an excuse to never see anybody again. I will happily stay in my house. Good. No socializing. And then about three or four months ago, it's like, I need to hang out with people. <laughs> I need to socialize. I need to, I need to Get actively that. like do something and and now I'm finding that I love it. And three years ago, I loved it to an extent, not every weekend. I'm, mm-hmm. I would get burnt out. And now I'm just like, I need humans <laughs> to be in near-ish vicinity. Not so near that you're going to give me the Delta vi- the variant, but <laughs> near-ish enough. <laughs> or at least, you know, let's do face covers. I don't know. Yeah. No man is an island. I think that kind of really... it. It did a good job of you need people in mm-hmm. your life. Mm-hmm. I also kind of love that it was like all at the end, all these Loki variants were coming together to support each other. It mm-hmm. kind of felt like a, you know, you, you inside yourself. Yes. You need external support, but also like you have an army within yourself to support you, to get mm-hmm. you through. I don't know if anybody else got that takeaway, but that made me feel good. No, I did. And especially at the end when Loki is like, I don't think I can do this. And Sylvie's like, you can, I know you can. And they like had more power than they realized. Mm-hmm. And I think they, they wouldn't have discovered that if they weren't together. Yeah. I agree. How are we? I just phase four, you know? Yeah. What are you going to do to us? Phase four. We're so <laughs> nervous. I don't know. I am nervous too. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I thought that my heart was ripped out of my chest in Infinity War already. Oh, like, God. I don't really know what else they're going to do. And, oh, yeah, I'm nervous. Mm-hmm. I am. But I think it's because I love these characters so much. And it's, uh, uh, I think one thing that they've done so far really well is the passing of the mantle mm-hmm. to the new characters and like introducing all of the new Avengers that are going to be coming out. Mm-hmm. And I, and I'm hoping that I'm going to love them as much as I love the originals. We'll see. Yeah. Well, and it's totally, so Tom Hiddleston in Assembled, I'm sorry, I keep bringing it up and ruining it for you. Okay. He made a comment about how he was 29 when he was cast to play Loki for the first time. And now he's 40. And so it's such a huge part of who he is in his career, obviously. But oh, when yeah. you put it in that frame. So for me, I was like, holy buckets, like a good chunk of my 20s and a good chunk of my 30s that this has been present in my life like that's it we've had a 10 year relationship Mm -hmm. and with Iron Man that was 08 so we've had a 13 year relationship with Iron Man that's that's kind of that's big that's like getting pretty serious yeah yeah put a ring on it (laughs) at this point if that's your thing, I don't know. <laughs> Some people don't want that, but you know, it's, that's, that's huge. And so, oh, the other, oh my God. And so I know I talked about in Black Widow, how I rewatched um, Iron Man to kind of prepare for, mm-hmm. to remind myself about Natasha Romo. And um, so in the first one, you know, he's got that weird makeshift thing that's killing him and he's got to get a new one or whatever and so Mm -hmm. he replaces it and his arc reactor yeah and pepper's like don't you want to keep this he's like i'm not sentimental and then she i had forgotten that she had put it in a casing for him and said proof that tony stark has a heart Mm -hmm. so when i rewatched endgame oh you forgot that it was i forgot it's like damn it marvel good job 
Cause yeah. that's like, that's like, again, 13 years ago, a callback that I wouldn't have registered because of the millions of movies they've given us since then. And then I got more sad. <laughs> Love you 3000. <laughs> oh yeah. Any last thoughts that you want to share with them? I, don't, I with feel like I'm going to remember. I took a lot of notes um, when I first started watching Loki. And then I actually rewatched the entire series today while I was working. <laughs> nice. I'm like working and watching at the same time. I'm like trying to like do both. Um, and there, it was funny because my first, my very first note about Loki was King the Conqueror is a timekeeper question mark. Mm. And then I crossed it out and I wrote, nope. And then <laughs> at the end of it, I had to cross it out and be like, yep. He is the timekeeper. Yeah. Technically, kind of. Yeah. Like a variant of King the Conqueror. Yeah. Because it was a it was a a guess at first, just based on like things that I was hearing. And then it kind of came true and I thought it was funny. Yeah. And I was like, no, he's not. Obviously, there's actual timekeepers. Oh shit. Nope. They're robots. Yeah. It was very much a, a Wizard of Oz move on their behalf. Mm-hmm. And I think they did it well because they look like robots when mm-hmm. you first see them but then the confirmation when she like beheads one of them you're just like yeah okay yeah like it could have gone either way like it could have been like oh that's real or that's a robot mm-hmm. anyway I feel like I'm, I'm sure- gonna remember something later I know I always like, do tomorrow like, oh, shit, I should talk about this but yeah do you know what's crazy right now is trying to figure out how to reincorporate going to the movie theater because we did it literally every weekend pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. And then now it's like, like we, I had to re, I refunded and bought new tickets to In the Heights four times before I finally was like, this isn't going to happen. I'm just going to have to rent it on the TV mm-hmm. because there was just things on the calendar that kept getting in the way of me being able to actually attend that I was just like, this was never my life before. Like I, Oh, I never refunded tickets Mm -hmm. because I didn't have to, like I, we made the time. So figuring out how to put the movie theater back into my rotation of life has been really interesting. Hmm, I can see that. I just feel like, like there's been something going on every weekend because everything was put on hold for so long. Mm -hmm. Now that things are kind of opening back up if you're vaccinated like I feel more comfortable going out so I get yeah. that yeah like we're we're gonna go to the movies like twice next week well I am so glad that you are here or were here I have been here that you came back that you're <laughs> showed up again lord help me I'm just everywhere everywhere I appreciate it all episodes of Loki season one are available on Disney plus obviously to its subscribers. So if you haven't done that yet, I I think it's worth it. I think there's enough content on there that they're doing now that makes it worth it. As always, you can find us on Instagram at pop culture makes me jealous. And until next time, thanks for tuning in y'all. 